Hello, and welcome to Natasha Explains It All. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about CPAC, Bolsonaro, and the continuing ties between the right wing in the U.S. and Brazil, which is a theme that I talked about in some of the first episodes of this podcast, and I want to circle back to today because of recent events. Namely, the last several days have been the annual CPAC which stands for the Conservative Political Action Conference, which is an annual event where many of the prominent, big-name, right-wing people come together to talk about their vision for the United States and to, you know, collectively blame the left um, for all ills, real and imagined. And this year, the former Brazilian president, Bolsonaro, was one of the speakers. He spoke yesterday, Saturday, March 4th, the same day as former U.S. President Donald Trump. And it's a bizarre and fascinating and perhaps predictable (laughs) lineup given the enormous parallels between um, how the right-wing movement in Brazil has copied uh, the right-wing movement under Trump um, in the United States. And we've explored that in prior episodes about how Bolsonaro's policy priorities, rhetoric, approach um, to um, everything is so reminiscent of Trump. And now we have this these continuing parallels and how they're behaving, even though they both are out of office. And so what's the latest? So if you recall from prior episodes, uh, the former president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, he lost in the presidential election last November, November, 2022. And uh, sore from his loss, he literally fled the country and went to Florida to hide out, basically, with a bunch of other despots that seemed to congregate to Florida, and was there for the inauguration of the new president, uh, President Lula, who was formerly the president of Brazil and has has now returned to power. And like Trump, Bolsonaro has refused to this day refused to acknowledge that his opponent, in this case, President Lula, won the election, just like Trump continues to refuse to acknowledge that Biden uh, is the president of the United States. And Bolsonaro's in this very weird position that he's basically, as I said, been hiding out in Florida for the last several months. The the, The inauguration for the Brazilian presidency happens on January 1st. So Bolsonaro went to Florida at the end of December 2022 and remains there now as of March 2023. And it's like, it's, I don't understand how this is how this is the position. I'm not really sure what the Biden administration's position on this is. I know that there have been calls from members of Congress um, to revoke his diplomatic visa that's allowing him to be here because he's essentially a fugitive of justice as well. Because as we talked about in prior episodes, on January 8th, 2023, thousands of Bolsonaro supporters in a copycat 
insurrection of the January 6th insurrection of 2021 in the United States, these Bolsonaro supporters also feeding off of these lies about, you know, stolen elections and their desire to have a violent overthrow of the government to reinstall their president, President Bolsonaro, in the same way that Trump supporters wanted a violent overthrow of the government on January 6th to reinstall Trump to the presidency. Um, the uh, Bolsonaro is under federal investigation in Brazil for his involvement in inciting that insurrection. And Interestingly, Bolsonaro addressed that in his comments at CPAC and also, you know, uh, reporter questions to him about his role. And unsurprisingly, he not only denies his involvement in this insurrection, you know, lazily saying that, like, well, I wasn't even there, which is technically true. He was in Florida when the insurrection happened in Brazil. But it's laughable to imagine that he has no involvement whatsoever when it was literally thousands of his own supporters who went there to contest the election results and to use violence to get the government to reinstall Bolsonaro into power, exactly the same way that Trump supporters did on Capitol Hill on January 6th of 2021. And so... Bolsonaro also said in his CPAC comments that he plans to return to Brazil, um, and which is kind of weird because, I mean, he is facing, yeah, he's facing serious investigations in Brazil. So I'm not really sure if he actually means that or, or what. But what he's also saying, which is another strong parallel with Trump, is that, you know, his mission is not complete. And he's, you know, he's thinking about uh, running for the presidency once again. So once uh, for the next presidential election in Brazil to um, to replace Lula once his once his current term is over. And that was that same message was Trump's message um, at CPAC because Trump also spoke on Saturday, the same day as Bolsonaro the same message, right, that he's launched his 2024 campaign. He plans to come back after being a, you know, a one-term president and wants to, you know, oust Biden from office. And the talking points and the messaging is the exact same. Anti-abortion, anti-vaccine, pro-gun, and basically anything and everything that they don't like is put under the woke label or the socialist label. And basically everything that they don't like is anything that is not promoting the rights of a white, powerful male minority with very strict social norms um, and everything that doesn't fall into an extreme right-wing perspective. And so it's just, it's, it's fascinating to see the infrastructure of the right-wing Trump movement continue to replicate and grow in Brazil, even from a position of exile. Bolsonaro is clearly at CPAC to try to maintain relevance, and the fact that he was allowed to speak means that he's still considered relevant among among those in right-wing circles. And he's trying to garner support and to continue to lay this foundation 
for his return if he does decide to do that in a few years. And the praising of Trump and the vice versa, right? Them like echoing each other's agenda and um, and echoing each other's talking points. The, um, the panel, um, excuse me, in addition to Bolsonaro being present at CPAC and being one of the, you know, mainline speakers, his son, Eduardo Bolsonaro, who also is a member of the Brazilian Congress, he not only organized like a Brazilian version of CPAC, but at this U.S. CPAC just these last few days, he also spoke on a panel titled, quote, The Red Menace Comes to the Americas, close quote. And so it is so fascinating and disturbing that the same boogeyman's the like non-existent boogeyman's that the right wing uses in the United States are the same that are happening in Brazil. This very amorphous, you know, communist, socialist um, boogeyman that sometimes goes by the name of like China, but then sometimes just goes by the name of like anyone who's not gender conforming or trans or is a woman or anyone who wants to have bodily autonomy or anyone who wants to have um, racial uh, progress, uh, anyone who wants greater access to higher education, <clears throat> anyone who wants to do anything about gun violence, anyone who wants to do anything about the climate crisis, all of this is just kind of in this like general amorphous <clears throat> label of being woke or quote, <laughs> the red menace, uh, close quote. Um, <clears throat> and so it's, Oh, and, and sorry, one other thing in terms of his comments where we're also seeing this parallel with Trump and the timing of this being so interesting. You know, Bolsonaro, as I mentioned earlier, is denying any involvement whatsoever in the January 8th insurrection that happened in Brazil a few months ago in the same way that Trump has been, you know, completely denying his involvement whatsoever. Though, I mean, he said, but then he says that he does. Like, I mean, he's a mess, complete mess. And um, as we've heard from recent news reports, the the Department of Justice in the United States has certainly taken the position that Trump is not immune from prosecution for his involvement in the January 6th uh, insurrection. And there are investigations um, against Bolsonaro in, the, in Brazil for his role in the January 8th insurrection. And so... There is pressure on both Trump and Bolsonaro to be accountable for their involvement in violent insurrections to overthrow governments that were duly and democratically elected. And it's interesting then that they are both being showcased on the same day, on the same platform by a very prominent, you know, right-wing platform, you know, at the same conference, Nikki Haley spoke. Nikki Haley was the former secretary of state for President Trump, and she is now running against Trump for the 2024 nomination uh, for the Republican Party. Um, and, and, you know, uh, one of the most uh, fringe uh, members of the Republican Party who is in Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene, also a prominent speaker there, 
you know, talking about the threat that uh, trans people uh, pose and talking about her legislation to make it a a felony to um, offer gender affirming care for minors and talking about how, you know, we need to protect the children. And of course, every time that there are these, you know, accusations um, about, or, or um, let me say this a different way. Every time that they talk about, you know, we need to do this, you know, to protect the children. Um, and all of these things are about, you know, protecting um, the public. It's always interesting to see how much of all of this is a projection. Because um, we not only know, I mean, there's so many examples, I don't have time to list them all in this episode. But the organizer of CPAC is a guy named Matt Schlapp, who's a right-wing organizer, donor, you know, influential dude. And he's the organizer of this. And he um, he is currently <laughs> being sued for, I mean, I shouldn't laugh. I'm laughing at like the irony of this, that he is currently being sued for sexual assault by a um, member of the Herschel Walker campaign. So if you recall who Herschel Walker was, um, Herschel Walker was a candidate for um, a Senate seat in Georgia. And he lost um, to um, um, to Reverend Warnock, who was the current, who at the time was the senator from Georgia, and he retained his seat um, in this um, November 22 election. So anyway, Herschel Walker was this Republican candidate for the open for the Georgia Senate seat, and a member of his uh, campaign um, has since accused Matt Schlapp, the organizer, the top organizer for CPAC, um, of sexual assault, um, and that is currently going on. And so there's just reports that that um, was contributing to why attendance at this year's CPAC was lower than it has been in prior years. And another trend and another theme that we're seeing in terms of parallels between um, the Trump camp and the Bolsonaro camp and this continuing uh, homogenization of their political pools is also the appeal to the religious right, uh, because that's truly their base when it comes to um, who supports the extreme right in the United States, as well as in Brazil. So hence their positions of being anti-abortion, hence their positions of being anti-trans. And the same, yeah, that same language um, was, uh, and also anti-vaccine for that matter, also brought up in Bolsonaro's um, presentation um, at CPAC. And Learning that Bolsonaro is considered relevant enough still to be speaking at um, CPAC, as well as other events, just to just to touch briefly on that, while Bolsonaro has been 
hiding out in Florida for the last few months. He has also been speaking. He's not only spoken at CPAC, but he's also spoken at other events, including at the um, in February of this year, there was an event called, quote, Power of the People, close quote, totally not ironic at all. And it was an event hosted by Turning Point USA at a Trump resort <laughs> in, um, in Florida. And Turning Point USA is one of these right-wing organizations that was started by Ch Charlie Kirk. And Charlie Kirk is like a Ben Shapiro. They're these grievance grifters who their entire grift is uh, complaining um, about uh, problems real and fictitious um, and talking about how they as white men are the most oppressed of all people. And that's how they make their money. Um, and so Turning Point USA is part of this like younger generation um, of right wing folks um, who, yeah, make it their make it their grift um, to grieve about the woke left. And again, woke just being a, a, an umbrella term for anything that they don't like. So again, uh, Bolsonaro spoke at this event, this Turning Point USA event that was held at a Trump hotel in Florida. So all of the pieces are connecting and just understanding that the same disinformation machine run by people like Steve Bannon and Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro and the Conways, Kellyanne um, and George Conway, who are getting divorced now, but their entire grift as well has been playing on this um, right-wing extremism. All of these folks, they run in the same circles and they speak at each other's events. And there's clearly a foundation being set to not only challenge the 2024 presidential election in the United States, but also the next presidential election in Brazil. And to undermine, uh, just as the right-wing is doing everything they can to undermine the Biden presidency in the United States, also attempting to undermine the Lula um, presidency in Brazil. And I, I do wonder though, of like how effective Bolsonaro is actually going to be. And I kind of doubt that he's going to go back to Brazil anytime soon, despite him saying that, because he's living this super comfortable exile life in Florida. He just gets to speak, you know, at these right-wing events from time to time and speak to a very friendly audience. And all he has to say is like, down with socialism and the crowd cheers. Um, and he then also running into, um, you know, uh, Brazilians living in the United States who also support him and running into them and getting their support. Um, there's definitely some parallels there between the Brazilians that support Bolsonaro and like older generations of Cuban, Cuban Americans who also tend to um, support Republican and conservative candidates. And I wanted to give a, it's an anecdote. Um, but an example of how, again, as I was talking about this, like misinformation machine is testing their messaging and testing their power in the Brazilian market, as well as in the United States. 
I was in Brazil recently at the end of last year visiting family, and I was talking to a member of my family, a young member of my family, and he brought up that he listens to Ben Shapiro and is a big fan, and then started to talk about all of these, you know, very um, typical right-wing talking points, um, including you know, one absurdity after another about how, you know, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. And the problem with the left is they make everything about race and how the right is really about freedom and liberty and, you know, whatever. And I was certainly taken aback by these comments and definitely had to correct him in the moment because we can't just say things like that, you know, without foundation as they are always said. Um, but yeah, the fact that like this young person in Brazil is a dedicated listener to Ben Shapiro, top grievance grifter of the right, um, and was, you know, was parroting his talking points without actually having a foundation for that. You know, so when he made this comment about like, well, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, I was like, okay, well, what's the basis for that? Like, what are you talking about? Um, like what, what on earth right, is your basis for making such an inflammatory statement so casually as well? Um, and I can't recall everything that he said, but it was, you know, uh, basically just like, oh, they're promoting violence. And, you know, I don't, I don't even recall, like, clearly, it wasn't convincing enough. And, you know, trying to unpack what is behind the appeal of this type of perspective, and then also correcting for the record and understanding like, so this actually is a social movement that is designed to protest uh, police brutality, particularly that is that is directed towards black people, right? It's actually the irony of all of this, right? Is is like something like the Black Lives Matter movement, which is so vilified by the right, is actually an anti-government movement, right? Like it is a challenge to government violence. It is a challenge to state-sponsored violence in the form of police, right? And the right is always talking about big government and, you know, big brother and, you know, we got to keep our guns so that we can challenge, you know, government oppression. And yet when it comes to actual forms of government oppression, they either ignore it in the case of police brutality and that form of state state sanctioned violence, or they encourage and promote that violence either by doing nothing about gun violence either by doing nothing about the opioid epidemic besides just wanting to throw people in um, prison, which we know doesn't solve addiction issues, um, or creating, yeah, more forms of violence like all of the anti-trans legislation and um, um, whether it be, you know, the denial of um, gender-affirming care or banning the discussion of anything related to trans identity or queer identity in the classroom, those are all forms of violence and will result in more people dying. You know, the rates of suicide um, and self-harm among those that are queer go up when you have such types of bans and they can't get the type of care that they need. The right is also promoting anti-abortion legislation and criminalization um, 
of abortion so that not only people who are pregnant, but medical providers, pharmacists, any, you know, um, in Texas, it's so broad, really could be even like your Uber driver that drives you to a clinic could all be criminally and civilly uh, penalized for, um, for providing you with reproductive care. And so, yeah, just this irony of like, when you actually have a legitimate social movement that's trying to address state-sanctioned violence, nothing is done about that, and it's actually vilified when there are actually true forms, uh, or, or excuse me, not only is actual state-sanctioned violence uh, vilified and you know disparaged and considered not real, and um, and, and and discounted, the the same those same people are also actively creating harm, also cre actively creating state-sanctioned violence. They are promoting government-imposed bans and criminalization and neglect that is harming um, people's lives. And, you know, and, and it was really fascinating to hear this member of my family talk about how, like, the left is so obsessed about race and everything is about race. And then going into this explanation about how, like, well, you know, race is actually based in biological um, differences and talking about why we have these different categories. And then, you know, just like prodding it just a little bit to real, to like help this person understand that like, just not true. And talking about the concept of race as a social construct, just by comparing the fact that the categories for race in Brazil are not the same categories for race in the United States which speaks to the fact that it's made up, right? Because we were, I was talking to him about like the one drop rule in the United States, which doesn't exist in Brazil. That's not how it works. So what I'm referring to there is in the United States, the, the traditional interpretation of race in terms of classifications has been this concept of one drop. If you're even a tiny bit black, um, you are classified as black with all of the accompanying racism, exclusions, um, and mistreatment that come from that. Um, so, you know, if you are someone who is, you have a white parent and a black parent, well, you will be treated as a black person in American society. If you look black, you will be treated accordingly. And in Brazil, it's, it's more complicated. Like there are other terminologies, there are other categories. Um, um, uh, there, yeah, there are other categories and there are other like names and things that just don't exist um, in the U.S. Like there's names like and categories like moreno or pardo that don't exist in the U.S. And every country has their own names uh, and and labels for whatever made up classifications they have about race. And so anyway, my my point there is is that this particular member of my family, my Brazilian family, saw someone like Ben Shapiro as a legitimate source of information about American politics and saw that as relevant to what was happening in Brazil and was drawing these parallels and was trying to speak with authority about American social movements like Black Lives Matter 
and talking about race and then and then with just a little bit of exploration understanding that like <laughs> this attempt to take exactly the american right wing pattern and place that on top of the brazilian context does not work there are many parallels in us and brazilian history and that's what these various episodes have been talking about but it's not a complete it's not a one for one and therefore that reveals how much so much of this is made up and how much of this is just meant to promote uh promote division and to promote misinformation um and to promote harassment um and uh and demonization of those who are different and we i talked about it in a prior episode about like the gun issue for example one of the things that bolsonaro really attempted to import from american culture was gun culture to brazil and there are some that have applauded it but there are many that are not because the culture is not the same the gun culture in the united states is much stronger than it is in brazil and there's many reasons for that including the fact that there is no constitutional right to firearms um in brazil we've also talked about the recent history of having a military dictatorship in brazil has also colored people's outlook on things um in comparison to that not being you know the case in recent history in the united states so anyway it's kind of some loose thoughts today but since trump or excuse me both trump and bolsonaro recently spoke at this conference i thought i would um share a little bit about that and uh we'll see what happens now will bolsonaro go back to brazil and face justice or will he continue to just hobnob with trump and the charlie kirks of the world in florida where he's comfortable riding his grift we shall see thanks for listening see you next time mm -hmm.